Hey, Sam. What's up, Sam? Hey, Sandra. I am chilling in my car right now. <laughs> I know. you're. Reco- I made you record in your car. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so y'all know we're a struggle pod. Yeah. And even though our audios come up, we're still very much in the struggle. There's a car passing right now. <laughs> I just heard it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so my mom is making tamales piscas right now, which are bean tamales. And so she's being really loud in the apartment right now. And I didn't want to record in there. And so I went to a cafe to try to record. But hella people are being loud in there, too. And so there's another car. So I think oh I'd rather just like <laughs> I'd rather just have cars passing be the only background noise and just record in my car. So that's my little disclaimer. If you hear a car passing, you know, just bear with us. Please. Yeah, I have my own disclaimer because on Sundays there's this like I don't even know if it's a church, but I live across the street from a really tiny park. And there's these people that post up every Sunday and like sing and rap songs about Jesus. And (laughs) it's like it goes on for hours. Like it will go on for at least five hours of people just being like, Christ, Christ, Christ. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know. They have like such great stamina. And that (laughs) might be in the background, too, if you hear some like people yelling like Christ or hallelujah. Feel the spirit. Yeah, yeah feel the spirit. <laughs> it, it, our pod is being blessed. So yeah, yeah. It's it, a bendy coming at you. <laughs> All right, Sandra, what's your shit and giggle? My shit is that my room is like really messy. I gotta clean it, and I gotta do laundry. I just have a lot of mandalas to do after this pod, <laughs> and I'm a little stressed out about doing it and also publishing the next pod episode Mm. so that's like my shit i'm just kind of like oh i gotta get everything done but my giggle is Mm. that i was sleuthing on the internet and i found this web series hosted by two uh, drag queens in el salvador called desnudas and they talk about art basically just conversations about art in El Salvador wanting to make it more of an inclusionary space because they feel like queer artists especially like drag is not seen as an art and it's not welcomed in traditional art spaces so they invite guests on their show and they're also really fucking hilarious it really reminds me of like (laughs) Trixie and Katya like that dynamic and they really talk about like why are you putting your heteronormativity on me (laughs) (laughs) they're so funny they put Uh, people on blast they do they put on the Salvadoran government on blast like (laughs) just like casually but yeah their names are Nadia and Tierniti and they're so funny we have a post on twitter and a post on ig but on ig they go by desnudas.sv so desnudas.sv and on facebook they go by the same thing desnudas.sv they're so funny and i found one of my cousins was following them also when i liked their page and i was like what hilma <laughs> all right chill now when i go to a Lord, i'm gonna like clock them and be like so you watch this <laughs> <laughs> so that's like something that i'm like we were just talking about the idea of low-key queer culture and spaces so yeah. that's why i'm just like super excited that this completely popped up recently like they just released this little web series show so i'm excited that 
there is like queer, especially drag culture coming out of El Salvador and Central America. So that's why I yes. definitely want to boost this. Yes, that's so exciting, honestly. Like, I'm really happy to one, see that there's another show kind of like Trixie and Katya out there. You know, there's like Raven and Raja or whatever. They're, they're no Trixie and Katya. Definitely so, not. <laughs> I love so, them, but no. Yeah. But Nadia and Tierniti. I, I love that name first off because it's like Trinity, but it's Tierna, mm-hmm. and she she is very Tierna. Like she she's is. so cute. She is. <laughs> she's so sweet, and then Nadia is very much like the. the I don't want to say antagonistic, but like yeah, like <laughs> she just like puts people on. Her back, IG so like, is like <laughs> the real Salvadoran fish. It's on her IG. She's so funny. They're both hilarious. I love them. They are. But yeah, I love them. I want to see more of them. And I'm really happy that there's an emergence of like queer Salvadorian. And they're very explicit about being queer and Salvadorian. They're not running one over the other. What about what is your shit in Google this week? So after TPS, I don't think it like anything can really count as a shit. <laughs> like, that, that's just my, my perspective true. on it. <laughs> I'm just like, I just had the biggest shit of the, of, like, the year right there. Mm-hmm. And so... It, it, I have had giggles though. One of the giggles is I watched a really cute like Mexican movie. It's called Don't Blame the Child. It's on Netflix, mm-hmm. and it's all in Spanish. It's set in Ciudad Mexico, and it's like cute. My family loved it. Another giggle is that one of my best friends from San Diego, Jose, is coming up to LA next weekend. I am hoping that it'll be a good time to see him. And then another giggle is I just got carpets and like new fresheners for my car, so it's like very cute, and comfortable <laughs> in here. Like shit, I'm moving in. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why could have said you're gonna be moving into new yeah, places? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like shout out to Ross for having cheap, cool car shit shout out to ross and marshall's i fucking love both of them all the self-care yeah yeah exactly it's just like boosting my things and then i'm planning an sd trip too so i gotta be nice when i go back to sd (laughs) you have to to pamper fiona yeah so she can make it to sd (laughs) i hope and and back i really hope your car makes it there i'm I'm sure she will i'm sure she will too i'm sure fiona will get there Yes, that's my giggles for the week. All right, Sandra, what song have you chosen for us? Uh, the song that I chose because I want it to fit in the theme of this week is Sativa by Janae Aiko. And I just, uh, I really think a lot about college when I think about this song and I think about yeah. being crossed and going out <laughs> and being like really lit. A lot of memorable things happening. <laughs> So, yeah, Sativa by Janae Aiko. Why you make it so complicated? Off the drain, we concentrated. I know you won't leave me hanging. Smoking weed out the container. We spend cash for entertainment. There's more where that came from, that's all I'm saying. It's me and you, and we making arrangements. It's you and me and we making arrangements Is it hot in here or is it just me? I'm so high in here, been smoking on this weed Told them go and take a shot on three Told them drinks is on me Yeah, the drinks are on me I said now go and take a shot on me 
Only drug a bitch needs on is the tree. But I last for 10 rounds like a freak, like a G. Is it hot in here? Uh, is it just me? That's like my favorite line. Like, There's something about it that I'm like, fuck. Yes, you are hot. Like, <laughs> yeah. She's beautiful. She, she knows it. She's just like, is it just me? Like being coy and cute. Like, I know. <laughs> it is me. <laughs> no, but what I remember when I... Because I like Janae Aiko. I've seen Janae Aiko live. She's really uh, cute and spiritual. And yeah. I... I've liked her music and I've liked things here and there, but I haven't necessarily been super blown away by her. But I really thought that this album was like very fresh and like very not different, mm. but her really making a more of a cohesive album because I felt like her previous albums weren't super cohesive around themes and stuff. I don't know. And this one, Trip, was all about like drugs and like existentialism <laughs> and she's like her she's brother. very yeah her brother who passed away and mm-hmm. it was a it was a i think a a good direction for her and i think it really did show her growth so i really liked the this song is like the main title track of that album and it's just like a good like you're lit with your friends and you like kind of bounce and i i love yeah. it yeah i love her so much like i've also seen her live so i know very much what you mean about the being in touch with her spirituality and just very much being in like the zone and like centering yourself during the performance but this song i think like i don't think it necessarily is a direct contrast to that but it's a different form of like centering yourself it's like yeah i'm lit but i'm having a good fucking time and this is me living my best life right now i thought that was beautiful and the whole album was just really, really good. I really like the song she has with Big Sean on it. I mean, mm-hmm. she has a couple, of course. Yeah. But Only Lovers Left Alive, it's like your your skate rink song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so cute. And oh, my God. The one happy. that she has with her daughter is super cute, too. Yeah. Like, sing with me. Sing with me. Oh, yeah. man. I love it. She brings her on stage for her tour. Oh. Oh. Yeah. She's so cute. It's very, yeah. We're, like, so in love with Janae Aiko. <laughs> she has a really good interview on Selection also that I really recommend that you listen to. She, uh, her and Joe K really like kind of dig deep and she, I think she's trying to also dig more into like producing and uh, mm. yeah, I definitely recommend listening to that. So what are we talking about this week? We already talked about it. This but... week, <laughs> we're talking about college. College. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just graduated right. <laughs> a few months ago and I think mm. we've been away from college long enough to really unpack our thoughts about it and really pick out what we really enjoyed and what we didn't and what could have been better, what we regret and just like all and I really want to hear some of your sloppy stories because we, we've exchanged <laughs> a few but I know that there's so many more that we can just dig in there for yes because yeah. I, I have a lot man I went to UCSB and I wouldn't say that I partied like super hard but even for someone that is like a casual partier like me I still like had some, shit. some shit I had some yeah. shit there no, yeah, I went to UC San Diego, and UCSD is known as UC Socially Dead. 
so <laughs> there there was not the live party scene so you have both ends of the spectrum here you have sandra who went to the party school and then you have me who went to the not so party school but where there's still fairly a good amount of shit going on and i i, I mean i had my sloppy shit too so i i I'd like to think, you know, I did this experience well, too. <laughs> I'd like to pat myself on the back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, with college, I think the biggest question is, once we all graduate and we have our little fucking paper, our diploma, was these mm. four to five to six years really worth it? Will this piece of mm. paper get me fucking insurance and a good 401k job and like actual life stability and not be starving like i was for the past like six four five years it won't no <laughs> i i mean honestly <laughs> it it couldn't i think a lot of people okay i think should we just go into like perceptions of college because I, I i was about to go into it but maybe we should like set that up like what are the perceptions of college people have of it and kind of like so one of them i think is just straight up you go to college you get your fucking paper and then you get a job and you're set you know the idea that the diploma is going to set you up for this career or whatever i think part of like the post-grad experience is learning that that's not true that <laughs> is not true <laughs> it's your fucking networks i think also as an undergrad you kind of start learning that too mm-hmm. kind of yeah but it's very much more apparent when you're out of college that is just the networks it's who you know how well you know them and how well they're willing it'll just like give you the push and like be like yeah i know this person they're hiring go for it i'm gonna disagree because i feel like the way that i've made a lot of my career quote quote career choices have mm. not been at all through networks in any way. Really? It's all yeah, everything that I've like applied to and gotten and have worked in has been things that I've like found on the internet and nice. have gone for and have luckily gotten. Not every single time obviously, but yeah. have gotten. The only thing that I would say that I think really bothers me about people that go to college and be like, you know, man, college wasn't even worth it. Like I yeah. I only like went here, wasted all my time and money and I didn't get anywhere and I'm like i always feel like those are sometimes people this is gonna sound really fucked up but i at least i know of one to two people like this that were people that went to college they they did their shit they got their grades they graduated and now they're they don't have the kind of job that they wish they had and they're working something that they could have gotten what if they didn't go to college at all and to me people like that and these are people that i've known for years i i think of people like that as things that like oh i'm gonna just go to my classes and once i graduate i'm just gonna have like 80 job offers and then i'm gonna take one and then go right (laughs) which is like a complete lie like if you really want shit to be happening for you right after college like you really need to like put in that work not only getting good grades but having a second job doing research with the professor interning doing this and doing that like it really 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 is dependent on the kind of experience you have and like you can put on your resume unpaid experience because no one's gonna fucking verify if you got those paycheck stubs and shit like i just said that i fucking did research with a professor and i put that down as like a job opportunity because i mean that shit was like 
unpaid labor but that shit was labor nonetheless and i like gained some skills from that so if you gain skills from it and you got someone to vouch for you for that anyway like might as well put that down as a fucking job even if you didn't get fucking paid so college is genuinely what you fucking make of it like if you are gonna invest in taking any fucking experience to learn from it and if you don't think that shit's worth not worth it then i feel like that's also your fault for not seeing the value in types of work and in opportunities so i don't know i kind of don't have sympathy for people sometimes because they had all these opportunities at their disposal and they didn't take it and yeah i mean it can be hard i can understand that but also like it's hard for it's hard for everybody college is not an easy place so no yeah i definitely agree with you on that just because i feel like i haven't necessarily met too many people who've been complaining about college for them and was it worth it but i definitely see what you mean about how there were people who didn't take advantage of it and weren't venturing out and doing other work interning or research or whatever just because they felt that school itself was hard enough but i think most of my friend groups at least were involved in organizations or had another job or were doing research with a professor and we are the ones who basically made it work for us but not because we were just going to class and going home but because like you said we were putting in that extra work and because of that now those of us who have graduated have been able to like live semi-successful lives you know I'm pretty sure none of us are like where we absolutely want to be but we're better than where we were as undergrads at least and so I think it's definitely true that you got to put in that work you got to be able to like I don't know sacrifice that time and just do other shit just because it's gonna pay off hopefully it'll pay off you know like I don't want to guarantee it either but it is what you make of it and I understand some folks had terrible times but I don't know I feel like they should have just stuck it through and just gone out and like looked for other shit gotten involved in something that genuinely interested them and so like i understand that you did kcsb the the radio show yeah i did yeah so like that's something that some folks could have gotten involved in also if they were just interested in you know either you know radio shows talk shows production or just sound in general that like if they had gotten involved in something like that they could have made something of that so it doesn't even have to necessarily be academically or professionally like yeah. oriented. It could just be something you're into. I knew people who were into like the there's a org at UCSD called Outback Adventures and they just go like camping and mm-hmm. like do all this other yeah, shit. Yeah, similar things like that to excursion club and Yeah, all that so stuff. like I knew people who did that like all four years and they're like hella about like wildlife and like being eco-friendly and sustainable environments and they were like bio majors too so they knew they learned how to like build sustainable like ecosystems and shit so it's just like complementary to their own academics and then through those networks of like friends like they were also able to like find opportunities about like going to do watershed projects or going to like do this at another state or like thinking about like working for the park service you know I I had a lot of friends that did similar things to that as well and like those people were super connected and like did very like bio driven and environmentally sustainable things too so I don't know I think people don't really see the value of a lot of things sometimes and Mm -hmm. it's like oh that's just like some random fun club like what is that really gonna get me and it's like that can get you so much like I don't really know people that didn't 
have like groups that they were in where they didn't gain anything either just friendships which is very very valuable in general right support and networks and all that kind of stuff but you learn so many things from other people because colleges and universities are massive places where things are going on all the time so just hearing that one thing like oh like professor wong has an opening like then you go and jump in and be like oh shit like i'm gonna apply and then that opens up so many other avenues it definitely does i guess just straight up what things were you involved with sandra you mentioned all these orgs and whatnot so like can you name drop them if you're still (laughs) like (laughs) like if you still have good thoughts about them can you name drop them for the um (laughs) well i guess no i will i'll name drop them so one org that i was like not i wouldn't say i was very involved in but i had a bunch of friends that were super involved in them and like i would go to their events every once in a while they had a lot of parties oh oh, also at ucsb clubs almost always have parties (laughs) and those parties are usually like between like the club members and all that shit and it gets really lit but a few clubs that i went to which was qsu which is queer student union and through that there was a lot of extensions of like uh, QCOM, Cutie Pop, and they would always host parties at my house, which was Biko House, which is the People of Color Co-op in Santa Barbara. <laughs> and they're and that's like where I would ha- I that's like where I had my first like queer experiences. <laughs> like before I even lived in that house, like I had already been at that house like partying and I had already seen a lot of things happen at that house. Another one that I, that I came and went every once in a while was sold out, which was the, the K-pop <laughs> club. Oh <my> God. <laughs> I know! Yo, don't sleep on them, all right? They they didn't have a lot of meetings. They had, like, quarterly meetings, and they would have a lot of really fun, uh, like, showcases and events. And uh, I had a few friends that I, I already knew that were involved, and then I, like, kind of just went along with it because I, I hung out with uh, my friend Kevin. Shout out to my friend Kevin, who was really into it. And he, like, brought me along. And it was super fun just, like, seeing all these, like, people really obsessed with K-pop. And it was also a lot of opportunities for people who uh, wanted to, like, study abroad in Korea oh, to, like, meet yeah. other people that had studied abroad in Korea. So that's, mm-hmm. like, how I met some people and, like, they were like, oh, you should do it. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> but I ended up doing it. So <laughs> That's good. And then my last one, which was something that I never got involved in until my fourth year, was going to El Centro, which is this historical building in, in UCSB behind the library that hosted the UCSB hunger strikes in the 90s. It hosted El Congreso, which is kind of like the Mecha chapter that but isn't officially the Mecha chapter they dissolved the chapter in the 70s because they wanted El Congreso to be more inclusive of non like Chicanx people I was just like not gonna like truly try to jump into that dynamic so I joined one of their offshoots which was called Mujer and I love 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 loved Mujer and it was like this like latina women or latina identified women's space and it was not only like a healing space it was also a it's called mujeres unidas por justicia educación y revolución and mm-hmm. we did a lot of like work on locally in santa barbara for like high schools and continuation schools to provide like opportunities for girls to like think about higher education and i loved it and the women that i met there are so amazing and like hard working mujeres and 
I met some really, really great people, and it really lifted my mood a lot my fourth year. That's good. So those are the spaces that I was kind of involved in my fourth year. Well, I was involved in them, but kind <laughs> of. <laughs> just, just kind of, you know. I wasn't a stranger to them. <laughs> yes. What about you, Sam? Um, okay, so I wasn't as heavily involved in too many orgs. Uh, my first year, I, w- I just chilled. And then second year, I got involved with a residence council. So it's like res life, student life on campus and so all we do is just put on orgs i mean put on events or programs for students who live on campus and so my approach to it was just you know trying to debunk this idea that you know we're trying to serve a certain community it was very much like nah yo we're here for students because we're all like going through the same fucking shit we have different majors and different things we're trying to get into but we're all fucking struggling let's just like try to accommodate that so i was involved in that for a year i was the social chair for it so i'd have to like help organize socials but it's also just a program that you're generally involved in for a year because you know power transition so you're trying to give it to the recent first years who just became second years and so after my second year i like phased out and was like not down a return also i wasn't going to be living on campus after my second year so i got out of that Third year, I got involved with Professor Wong, and so I was doing research on immigration and immigration policy. So I did that uh, two quarters of my third year. And then senior year, I just stayed working with Wong for the most part. I think after the election, the work kind of died down because it was really organized around um, elections and campaigning. So after the election, it was just like trying to do data to see if our messaging had worked. But after the results of the fucking presidential election, we were all kind of just like drained. Yeah. And a lot of donors kind of backed out because of that. So Wong was looking for more donors and just other stuff to try to quantify, like create work for us. And so that didn't really come into fruition again until like spring quarter of my fourth year. And that's when I started working with him again. So for a bit there in fourth year, I wasn't really doing much. I wasn't really involved in other orgs. I'd go to like Cutie Pock events and like Cutie Pock retreats, which I think were wonderful. But I wasn't involved in the org itself. I was just like, yo, I'm queer. I'm a person of color. I'm here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'll show up when y'all need me too. But will I organize programs for y'all? Nah. And mm-hmm. same with like the, the cross-cultural center and like... Um, my friends were involved in BSU and so I'd go to some events with them and I don't know I think like I wasn't ever involved in Mecha because I never felt comfortable being in Mecha yeah same yeah it was just too machista to it it is it's weird because there's so many women in it but it still feels very like there is such a crazy power dynamic in in Mm -hmm. Congreso even though they like reject being like a Mecha chapter there's it still feels very like political and like i don't know rigid yeah and i didn't like it that's why i loved mujer it just did not feel like that at all like i felt like i could be supported meanwhile in el congreso there was a lot of like chisme and a lot of people tiptoeing about other people and i don't know i was like eh, not super involved yeah. and i feel like i've heard a lot about that through other mecha chapters as well so mm. I don't know, Mecha. Fick your sh- fucking shit up. Like I don't know, gases. <laughs> Get it together, fuck. <laughs> Please. 
Yeah, so Ooh. that's why I never got involved in that. And then there wasn't a Central American org until my fourth year at UCSD. Maybe there was one before, but it wasn't as active. But um, yeah, there is one now. One of the people actually asked me to like facilitate a workshop, but I was already graduated, and I was just like, let me not. <laughs> I wonder how that would have gone down. Like looking back, like maybe that's one of my regrets. Like, what if I had facilitated that workshop for Central American folks? yeah yeah so those are the or well the org orgs i was familiar with and the research that i was doing as an undergrad so that's that Um, was my experience i wasn't really like student org oriented well i mean even if you weren't i still feel like we were very involved people like we were involved in the things that we were very interested in yes so i always had a job from like my first like month as an uh, as an undergrad until my year abroad and then the the quarter that I came after coming abroad I didn't have a job and honestly those were the worst grades I ever got in that one quarter I had no job which I think is very different for a lot of people they think their job yeah. takes away time and they usually suffer but honestly, I think the more busy I am, the busier I am, the more things I have on my plate, the better my grades are. Same. Always. I was very much the same way where if I was doing research with Wong, I was pushing myself to do more in classes and staying on top of it. Just because I feel like, I don't know, when there's less to do, you kind of just like, oh, yeah, I got room to fuck around. Yeah, or at least that's that was how my I impression. feel. Yeah, so, like, if there's less time to fuck around, I'm on it, and I'm doing shit. I mean, I still write, wrote all my fucking essays, like, day before. <laughs> no, I never did that. <laughs> I was not a procrastinator. I mean, but... I wasn't either. I just willingly chose that route. <laughs> <laughs> no, that means you're a fucking procrastinator. Did you pull all-nighters? Um, I did, like, twice. Okay, and, me too. Okay, like, like not even, like full all-nighters because i feel like in my mind an all-nighter is you don't go to sleep like you go Uh to class the next fucking day but for me my all-nighters were i'd be up until like four or five same same and i'd sleep for like four hours and then i'd go to class Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. i'd knock out when i got home but yeah so i never did the full like in my mind all-nighter but for me they were definitely all-nighters just because i was like yo the sun's starting to come up like (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's that's all night you know but, yeah. yeah, it was only twice. Did you do those often? No. <laughs> I'm the kind yeah. of... I did it, like, once or twice, same. It was maybe, mm-hmm. like, one essay that I yeah. did or something like that. But I'm the kind of person that if it's 2 a.m., like, my brain is going to stop working. And, like, I'd rather just go to bed, maybe wake up a little early and, like, study. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I just get to a certain point where, like, my brain doesn't work and it's like I'm just stressing myself out and I'm not going to get anywhere and, like, I'm not learning this. Like, I'm too yeah. tired to be learning this. So, I don't know. I People that do all-nighters and people that would do, like, Adderall and all that sh- I never did Adderall, by the way. Me neither. People, people that did that, I was like, yo, like, that's, like, not healthy, man. Like, mm-hmm. you should just go to bed and wake up extra early or something. Like, come on, like... I just yeah. was so uncomfortable when people were like, oh, you want to do something? I'm like, nah, be like, I'm chilling. Like, I already have anxiety. Like, I don't need anything to, like, elevate that shit. Yeah. So, fuck that. I was curious to do Adderall, 
but not even in an academic setting. <laughs> just for the fun of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same. Like, because I was just like, I don't want to be stressed while on something I've never fucking tried before. Like, I don't want to go into it with the mission of, I got to learn this fucking quarter's worth of fucking studying for, like, my wall in class. Like, nah. Besides, yeah. Wong's classes were interesting enough that I'd, like, actually learn in class. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have classes like that that you genuinely loved? Oh yeah, I was, you were an anthro major. So yeah, I'm sure you did. almost all of my classes I had a genuine interest in. Like I would say that the only ones that I was like fuck this fucking class was um, it was one that I was actually excited for in the beginning, but then I got really bored of it. Was like my geology class. Oh. <laughs> it was like a science rec that I had to take. I legit enjoyed like almost every single one of my classes there was one class that was like really stressful that everyone Mm -hmm. disliked but i was kind of like y'all are just fucking fake ass people you are fucking babies and it was this primatology class that i took for fun i took it literally primate behavior okay that's what i was guessing (laughs) and it was a hard fucking class like this professor was very 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 strict but she wasn't like mean she was yeah. just super hard on the students and that she expected like perfection and mm-hmm. it was like a very difficult fucking class and there was a lot of memorization of like genuses and species types and the fucking like evolution tree but I don't know people were always like she's making us do all these things and like she just expects too much of us and I'm like why are you fucking complaining bitch just like do better I don't know <laughs> like I hated people that like she just is so strict like I just don't get it and I just add to me complaining about things like that is like she's obviously a very she was like one of the most enthusiastic teachers like she can tell that she was so smart at what she did and she was so Mm. like enthusiastic for the work like she wasn't a bad professor at all she was Mm -hmm. just she had a lot of expectations and students were, I mean, obviously focused on other things, but there were a lot of uh, anthropology students that were just like, I'm not interested in this. Like, why the fuck am I doing it? I'm like, well, tough luck, fool. Like, yeah. that's just like how it is. And that really irritated me because people were would leave reviews on her thing being like, she expects way too much of her students. And I'm like, how is that a bad thing? Like, she yeah. wants you to actually learn this and retain this and not make this a fucking easy A. Like... People that complain about classes like that, I just, like, think they're fucking idiots. So, <laughs> I don't know. Fuck them. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. I loved everything. I took a few art history classes that I really liked. I took a really interesting, like, queer Asian American issues class. Um, my biggest regret would be not taking more, like, black studies and, like, Chican- mm-hmm. Chicanx studies classes. But... Mm-hmm. Mostly the black studies classes because I, I had a roommate that took really cool classes like uh, black Marxism oh. and the school to prison pipeline class. And they were like oh, really, really dope fucking classes. And I just mm-hmm. kind of wish I did things like that because I, I didn't really like theory. But then I got super into theory in my like fourth year. And I just like had a lot of regrets into not taking a minor. Oh, also education classes. I really wish I had minored in education because they also have really interesting classes. Yeah. 
that's really cool like i had a friend who was gonna do the education studies route also for a bit and he was learning about like language development and how as youth you know you're more likely to like absorb languages easier and i don't know it was just the way he talked about it made me so interested and i was just like fuck i wish i don't know like regrets all the time were just like i i came into ucsd as a physics major like (laughs) oh yeah i remember that shit yeah you remember when i was about physics (laughs) yeah so i was about physics for like my first year until i switched to a political science major and then i picked up the double major so i'm really happy i did that but like a regret would have definitely been doing that earlier on and having time to like do the double major and maybe even a minor just because like i got the double major done in three years so i probably could have done a minor too Ooh, another regret that i had was taking on a double major of a major that was too similar to my major so i took on the global studies major which to me was just too similar to anthropology like i should have taken on another i don't know i just felt like ah, this is easy like i can knock it out but i should have i don't know i really wish i could have done something more like art history because i i was thinking about doing art history minor or education or like black studies i just wasn't really i kind of had this mentality that i'm like you i don't know you should only you i don't know i had this mentality like well i should if i'm gonna take like ethnic studies classes i should take like the chicano studies classes i don't know that's like the mentality mm. i had right because like i don't like want to take up very, space like, yeah i felt that too but then i didn't want to take the chicano studies classes because like uh i don't know it was like too og for me and i just was like i already knew all of all i needed to know about chicano <laughs> i'm like I, I live it like i live it right i don't know i had this yeah. mentality that i just didn't need to not in like a like a re- rejecting my culture type of way more of like a i just have other things that i want to learn about like i already embody this in my spirit like yeah. i don't need to learn about this in other ways <laughs> so i don't know i kind of wish i took something more fun like art or like comp sci i don't know to me comp sci is fun comp sci uh, is, <laughs> is hard but it's fun or I was trying to like double major within anthropology. I wanted to do like physical anthropology and cultural anthropology, but they didn't let me do that. So I took like seven extra anthropology classes that I didn't need to take. And (laughs) just because, just because I was interested. And yeah, just I honestly wish I took way more ethnic studies classes and especially like black studies classes because all of my friends that were in black studies were just like dealing with this like really interesting content and yeah just that's those are my biggest regrets yeah i definitely wish i would have done ethnic studies too i had a really like bad intro to ethnic studies class bad in the sense that like i was failing the midterm and so that just turned me off the whole idea of ethnic studies for a while Mm-hmm. just because i was because that's my idea of a lot of these classes like you know they're very interesting but to get to the really interesting ones you have to do the lower divs first oh yeah fuck lower divs dude i fucking hated lower divs that's, they, uh, uh, i hated them like there was this fucking fem- actually i remember one. there's this fucking fem studies class that mm-hmm. i took and i fucking hated it it was just so boring and i just was like this is so basic i think it's when you go when you do a lot of like culture and like uh socially science driven types of classes 
when you have to take like GEs after a certain point, it's like this is so basic. Be like, I don't want to read Anderson for the third time. I already know what an imagined community is. Yeah. <laughs> I just like <laughs> it's so fucking boring, and I hate you. I hated lower divs, and I hated fucking uh, what are those classes called? Just the extra classes that you had to take, where oh, you had the class sections. discussions. Yeah, sections, yeah. sections. Oh man, those shits are always boring because it's people who never fucking read. It's always the same like five people, <laughs> yeah. including me, who would Carrying do the, the conversation. reading. Yeah, because everyone fucking sucks, or they didn't do the reading, or because they don't give a fuck because they're doing it as a GE, so they're just yeah. wanting to get the A. I hated those classes, man. Fuck that. I would that. only go if one attendance is mandatory because some of them it was just like attendance is mandatory, so I was like, cool, I'm not there. Yeah, and same. For for some of them, I was just like, if the TA was cute, I'd be there. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but um, yeah, I I would only contribute every now and again, just because I was just like, yo, this conversation is getting nowhere. And that's how it always was. Yeah, they were just like building off of each other, at, like, in a it, non-productive it's a circle way. Jerk. It is. Oh, <laughs> fuck that. Uh, but yeah, that was. I, I don't know. I had a genuinely good time in terms of classes when I finally got to the upper divs. I feel lower divs are just annoying and too all over the place. So, like, political yeah. science, when you're learning about international relations, they teach you about, like, the bargain model and shit. We, mm-hmm. didn't ever, we never fucking learned about that in my upper divs. It was just like, y'all know what the bargaining model is, right? Cool. Now let's see it actually <laughs> fucking applied, like, where there is no fucking model. Mm-hmm. Like shit will change out of nowhere, and so that's what I thought was a lot more interesting when we learned about game theory and a lot more, like military tactics used. I thought that was more like applicable in terms of history, than just like, yeah, you know, there's country A and country B, like you know, this and these conditions exist, and it's just like it's boring. This is fucking basic on the level, like on the surface shit, and I didn't want to deal with that too much but it's just part of what you have to do to get to those really interesting classes yeah and i fucking hated it well something else that i really disliked about university since we're all we're just talking about what we disliked (laughs) is which is what i really noticed as i was in my upper division classes was the kind of treatment and elitism of cc students and transfers not like mm-hmm. of them, but like mm-hmm. of people who came in as freshmen and how they yeah. would kind of like think of transfers and CC students. Because um, people at okay, honestly, I would I'm gonna be real right here. So a lot of people that uh, lived in IV, which is the college town, a good chunk of them were Santa Barbara Community College students, which mm-hmm. like isn't really an issue. But the I guess the what was an issue is that. Santa Barbara Community College is like nowhere near UCSB. It's like very oh. far. It is like very, very far. So people would live there to like experience like the UCSB party scene. And there were some really amazing CC students that I met that were really cool and weren't assholes and didn't destroy houses and all that kind of things. But living in a college town, there, I think you have a lot of people that are trying to live that college town life who aren't actually students or who are CC students. So they're like doing bare minimum classes and then just kind of like mooching off their parents' money. So that's like kind of the stigma that a lot of us had as like first and second years of like CC students. And that's the thing that was like annoying 
was when I was like a third and fourth year is that a lot of transfers were one of, they were the most engaged. They were mm-hmm. honestly the best students. Like they were people who maybe like didn't have a really great time in high school because of fucking shit in their life that didn't really allow them to get amazing grades to go to a, a four year automatically. But yeah. they fucking put in the work and they or they were older students. Like I had 30 year olds and my 40 year olds in my class and they were yeah. just like so much more insightful than all these fucking little bitches that came in their first year. Yeah. So I it just made me mad thinking about like how much I had like looked down on like CC people because of these like negative stereotypes that I would associate it with like people that destroyed the city. But then realizing like, man, like y'all are like so much better than us and you're so <laughs> much more equipped than us in a lot of ways. Yeah. So. I definitely felt that too. Like Okay, so UC San Diego is in a bubble of its own. It's in La Jolla, which is not anywhere near the city of San Diego. It's like 12 miles away from it. So I didn't have a lot of like community college students living near us. But I definitely, you know, interacted with transfer students. And like you said, I feel like a lot of them were just the more engaged ones. They had more valuable life experiences. So there were folks who had, you know, done the military route and then went back to school. And so in a poli-sci class, you know, if you're going to talk about militarism and all these things, it's way more valuable to actually have the experience of someone who was actually in the fucking military to talk about. Yeah, when I was stationed in um, Okinawa, when I was stationed there, it was just like, yeah, this is the shit that I'd see. I definitely would see all this, like, antagonism and U.S. superior, like, complex, you know, like the idea that the U.S. is superior in another nation and just like mistreatment of folks who are native to the area and so it was just interesting to hear their background on it and then their study skills their work habits were hella more insightful engaged and just driven compared to you know the fucking first years well like folks who went directly to school my study habits were shit compared to theirs like they lived and breathed school <laughs> and for me they really it was did like, what this is what i kind of gotta do but for Mm -hmm. them it was like genuine passion around it and i thought that was amazing and i definitely like think that there's this whole elitist idea of oh you didn't go right to a four-year like something's wrong like you know there's that elitist mindset that doesn't necessarily have to be there just because you know like you said there may have been circumstances that may not have allowed for them to go directly to a four-year and that doesn't mean that they're not willing to put into work willing to do more work than someone who actually did go into a four-year like yeah honestly i feel like they did do a lot more work i don't know shout out to transfer students y'all are the like underserved community as fuck yeah and definitely underserved i mean speaking of like underserved everything (laughs) like mental mental health (laughs) i mean i got i had so many problems with my mental state and a lot of it was for okay so personally college like the actual classes and all that kind of stuff none of that was what affected my mental state Mm -hmm. if anything college was like my release like school and university and assignments and classwork they were all my release from like what was actually stressing me out Mm -hmm. and like causing me fucking mental anguish and it it was very helpful to have that structure to kind of alleviate my mind but a lot of the mental health pro- issues that I was having surrounded 
Well, okay, my second year, my mental health was really fucked up because of this, like, this, like, really sketchy relationship that I was in for, like, seven months. Kind of pretty emotionally, like, abusive. And that was, like, really, like, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't sleep in my, like, my own room anymore. Like, I, I was, like, having breakdowns and I was, like, having freakouts all the time. And it was just, like, so bad that, like, this person that I was dating lives relatively close to where my parents live. So whenever I go to get food in Alhambra or something, which is, like, near where they live, because fucking Alhambra and SGV has, like, the best Chinese food ever and have really good uh, boba and bubble tea. (laughs) Um, uh, I'm always, like, on edge when I go there. I'm always, like, fuck, I'm gonna see, like, this shitty fucking ex. That's probably my biggest regret is dating Mm -hmm. that fucking person. And uh, that that's just, like, one aspect that just, like, fucked with my mind so much. Like, I was so terrified of so many things and it was just like it was kind of a really emotionally draining relationship and i i i really realized how easily anyone could get themselves into an abusive relationship because you always think like you know i would leave immediately i would do this i would do that no dude and i think college because you just have so much freedom and you're so young you really can get sucked into really intense relationships and you just don't know where to go and what to do. Yeah. And it can be really dist- Like I knew some people who would like date some dude and they would like, their life would just like revolve low around key. That well, low key, like get, yeah, revolve around that person and get destroyed. Mm. Especially if that person was just like super destructive and then ended up just taking this person with them. And I I saw multiple of those and it was really bad, man. And I'm really happy that like none of that happened to me, but I can totally see how that can happen to someone. And being at UCSB, the college party scene, like by the time I was a fourth year and I came back from studying a year abroad in South Korea, I had I had to like restore my network basically because I was gone for a year. Right. Yeah. And that was really hard for me. Like, I was constantly complaining to my housemates in the co-ops, which was a, honestly, I don't know at this point if living in the co-ops, the cooperative housing system, which is basically like communal living with a bunch of hippies. But because I was in the people, I was in the people of color house. So it made it a lot easier for me because hippie culture is very white. It was chill. I really liked it. But it was hard for me to live there because I was feeding off a lot of people's energies because I lived with 18 people. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I was bringing down a lot of people. And I honestly didn't really like my attitude as a fourth year because I was so over it. Mm-hmm. And I was living with people of all like years there. And I was so over living in Santa Barbara. I hated Santa Barbara. I've said this in many episodes. I hated mm-hmm. Ivy. I hated Santa Barbara. I just wanted to go back to LA and not necessarily doing anything about it. Like, I mean, I would hit up people, but I would feel so awkward because I just hadn't seen them and I just felt fake. And I I was, I don't want to say that I grew really dependent on my relationship, but like my relationship and going home 
and like the new relationships that I made through Mujer and through work those were like the only ones that were like really keeping me going and I don't think I was a really pleasant person to be around honestly and I really regret how much I treated people my fourth year because I was just so I just felt like I was living in such a toxic environment not my house itself but like where my house was yeah that it like really fucked with my mind and I was just like not a very engaged person and I kind of was just like living my life until graduation and honestly graduation and leaving was like the ha- one of like the happiest like moments in a long time for me and I like was so happy and I almost like I was like crying on my way home cause, basically because I was so happy to leave yeah. so my mental health was everywhere <laughs> no yeah I definitely feel that I I didn't really struggle with mental health too much until my second year also just because like I said UCSD is a bubble and so I feel like everywhere I went in La Jolla which there isn't much to do unless you're like an affluent retiree it's it was just all revolving around college and student life when UCSD didn't really have that student social life aspect to it so I was just like there's nothing to really fucking do and so it was just hard for me to like live on campus because you know you walk out of your dorm or whatever and you're there you're right in the middle of fucking campus you know like what's there to do and so yeah I definitely agree with you that school kind of became a a freedom of sorts just because it it gave structure to your life and so I definitely agree with that but when school becomes this all-consuming thing and it's like all you see all you do is just it got to be too much and so when I moved out of the the dorm system I finally started feeling a bit better but what really helped me was just actually going into San Diego and seeing the city for what it is and like going around city heights or north park or just like the more diverse communities of san diego really helped me so that's why i was happy to work with professor wong because he'd make us actually meet in the city of san diego because he lived there he was like it's too far to drive to la jolla so i'm gonna make y'all come to me and so i was thankful for that because i was just like all right cool i actually got to see the city for once and actually doing that and going out of my way to do that made me feel better because it made me feel like one this is you know me being an adult you know i'm going to work you know i'm actually going out of my way to go to work and i'm in the city you know doing this fucking job you know i'm getting paid to be in the city and then i go to school and so like it gave a different sort of structure to my life where school wasn't everything it revolved around and so i don't know i feel like things got better of course once I was able to actually explore the city. But I I don't know. I was thankful that I was able to move away from UCSD in general. Just because it's, it's a really shitty place where everyone's fucking miserable. And just like academics consume their life. After my second year when I started working with Wong. Academics became a part of it. It was just like yeah I also have work. I mean sometimes work was more stressful than like actually getting my fucking shit done for classes so sometimes it was refreshing to go back and actually like write a fucking essay because it was just like wow i haven't done this in a bit you know i've been thinking about data all this time so it felt good to actually go back and do school shit so i don't know i think it was like me learning healthy mechanisms and coping skills but 
time management was definitely one of them. So I know you you made a a slight reference to relationship, and we don't have to talk about that one too much because I understand that it's a exhausting topic and talking about emotional abuse is very very exhausting for you. And so what what do you think of in general just relationships in a college space? Man, I had some beautiful ass relationships in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I'm not even going to front. I had a really beautiful uh, relationship my So after that really shitty relationship ended. Yeah. I was like it was the summer before I was going to go abroad to Korea and I was like uh, working and taking some classes and that was when I first moved into the co-ops my homegirl Mercy shout out to her Mercy I love her to death she's in Arizona right now doing her fucking thing hey. uh, she was living in the co-ops and she was like come live with me like I my living situation was like really up in the air and she basically like cheated me into the co-ops <laughs> And I'm really thankful for her because she honestly changed my life. Like, I uh, ended up living <laughs> down the hall <laughs> from my ex. And uh, th- nothing actually happened for, like, a good month into summer. But then, like, shit happened. And then, like, <laughs> I started a relationship with, like, a white person. And, <laughs> and then my <laughs> life changed. <laughs> my ex- I, exper- <laughs> I experimented with white people, you know? <laughs> Yeah, there was just so many white people that I just, like, had to adapt. But, like, now that I am back in L.A. and in the Bay Area, like, when I'm in these areas, like, I don't meet up or, like, date white people. I just, mm. there's too many POC cuties to go back th- to that uh, dark age, you know? <laughs> 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 okay, no, but that relationship that I had was, like, a was my first real relationship where I honestly learned so much about, like, love and support and it was like a short-lived relationship because I had to like go to Korea and stuff, but I like kind of still dated them in between the, those times. And mm. they visited me in South Korea. What? Yeah. My wife. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, dude, this fool was broke, man. Okay. Like this person was broke. Like I basically, I like helped them with their ticket. Like they were not. <laughs> they were <Okay>. not. Uh, <laughs> And they like stayed with me, obviously, oh. and it was it was beautiful. Like, and it, it, we ended our relationship on good terms, and like we're still cool to this day. Be, like we we mutually agreed like our relationship was just like not gonna work out, and there would be no opportunity because we wouldn't be able to match our life and our schedules. And we just thought like it'd be better like grow without each other. Mm-hmm. And like I'm really grateful for this relationship. So relationships can be the end of you, and they can also really provide you a lot of like insightful information about you. And, uh, I ate ass for the first time hey. with that relationship. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it was such a beautiful relationship. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to my ex. Um, I mean, actually, sometimes I'm kind of like, ooh, but... <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> but, nah, he's, nah, they're chill, they're chill. What about... So what do you think about him? I mean, you were in, like, one to two or yeah. more relationships, too. No, it was just two. It was just two. Mm-hmm. Um, my first year, I got into a relationship, and we, like, we met over the summer. You know, there was, like, an adding frenzy Yo, of sorts. Summer love. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I'm like I love love summer love. <laughs> <laughs> My best relationships know. start in the summer. 
first year, like, we, I met this guy. We were, like, it was an adding frenzy of sorts when they created the UCSD Class of 2017 page. And so we actually met on Tumblr. And so we mm-hmm. went out for a few months. We both kind of came to the, like, it was a good relationship. We were both, like, we did have, like, arguments, but just because, you know, we were still, like, I, I blame it on, like, hormonal, like, 18-year-old still adjusting to the new space that you're in. And so we did have arguments, but it was always, like, we'd resolve it in a healthy manner. And so when it did end, it was because we both came to the conclusion that first year of college is not a good time to get into a relationship just because you're adjusting to everything around you and, you know, to try to build something with someone is not, like, the wisest decision when you haven't even figured out who the fuck you are in the college space. And so we we stopped dating like we just became friends of sorts we didn't really talk for a while but we always left it on the if somewhere down the line when we figured out a bit more of who we are we could try this again or just try to be friends or just hang out you know like let's not be strangers because we've like you know seen each other fucking naked like (laughs) like it's gonna be hard to just be like oh yeah i don't know you so whenever i saw him on campus i'd always be like oh hey how's it going so that relationship like we end on like good terms and like we're good friends that was first year and then i didn't have a relationship again until like the end of my fourth year and so that one's interesting it didn't start out in like a healthy manner at all we were like drunk and like made out and that's the video that i showed sandra oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah yeah but i was we were both graduating and kind of panic happened in the sense that like we don't know what the fuck is gonna happen and so he ended up breaking up with me because of that and i was like all right i was really heartbroken about it i'm still like sad no you're definitely still a sad boy about it yeah but i i understand it like i'm not resentful sad i'm just like i get it you know it sucks but i get it like I didn't know I was going to move back to LA so it's understandable we still chat every now and again just cause like he's a, he's a good friend and I want the best for him I don't know if that will ever happen again but that's beside the point at this point it's just like it happened it was cute I wish it would have lasted for longer but it is what it is and I definitely feel like it helped me learn more about myself and the kind of approach I should have I should not be making out with people when I'm drunk first and foremost that's true, I That's guess. Oh, yeah. I guess. Like, if I, if I want... Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. That's just my approach to things now. And so, like, I don't know. That's my little thoughts on relationships. Like, they definitely help you grow, but they should definitely be slow-paced, I feel. Don't rush into things. Don't let another person become your life. And I think in both of those relationships, I did a genuinely good role at that neither of them really became my whole like life <laughs> and it was wow like, fuck I was, you <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> no wow. i was just like I'm, i was just happy i and, wasn't but i was still like hanging with my friends i was too me, me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know dude um i'm very interested in like your host stories like do you have can you give me like can you give me like one to two like short host stories uh yeah. i'm just like okay or actually not even host stories like 
just like crazy shit what was like some of the craziest things that you did in college because like college is a crazy ass time um yeah did you experiment with drugs in college yes of course obviously Uh, (laughs) yeah i i was a huge stoner yeah i smoked all the time yeah (laughs) i just i I was too for a little bit same same yeah yeah um i don't even drink as much anymore it's only like family events or like when i go to a bar that i'll have Mm -hmm. a drink me and you did coke in college yeah like i i did coke at one of my friend's parties there's a guy who's selling some and so my friend bought some and we did some in the bathroom it's cool it's funny though i did coke in my college time but i didn't do it at college i did it really i did it in a club in hollywood (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i know right no with my friend but whatever and then i think that was it i didn't i was very scared the white person that i dated they were like very experimental with drugs and they would always want to like do acid with me but uh, I don't know. I'm I'm too nervous. I feel like to do super hallucinogenic drugs because I think I would like put myself in a bad trip. So oh, I and I did Molly kind of recently, right after I graduated from college in Berkeley mm-hmm. at a co-op. Yo, shout out to co-ops for safe drug spaces. Mostly, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes not. You need to be careful. But the co-ops yeah. were definitely like where my drug my drug life bloomed <laughs> nah i did coke at that party i did e the first time i did e was sophomore year in high school actually so i i popped the pill i know I yo <laughs> yo so we went to the same high school and for some reason like first and second like the our freshman and sophomore year is like everyone was doing e and like yeah. that shit sketched me out i was like y'all are like a lot like i came from like a ghetto little middle school not from here not from the surrounding area from the high school yeah and y'all were like doing e and i'm like yo like we just <laughs> did weed like i didn't i didn't even do that i don't know where you all are getting fucking pills from i was so intimidated by all these you fucking hollywood kids from dude <laughs> yeah and then I did it again my sophomore year of college. I revisited the drug. And it was a lot of fun. But I was also like, I have an addictive personality with certain substances. And so I'm like, yeah, I could definitely get hooked on this, but I shouldn't. That's good. And that you're able to stop yeah. yourself. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I want to do it again just because I feel like it's a thing that I should do every few years or so. Yeah. Just to, like, have it again. But not i mean it's also pricey so it's like not really ideal for a a drug addiction Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no drug addiction is ideal tbh tbh but yeah um here at puchigavos we do not endorse the (laughs) consumption of any recreational drugs do that on your own time (laughs) yeah but um i also did acid my second year yo yeah that was wild yeah it was a lot of fun bob's burgers was like hella funny well, I mean, I, I knew people that would do crazy shit, like experimental drugs, like 2CB and uh, peyote. Oh, I did salvia. Oh, fuck that. I, feel I didn't like, like it. I don't think I any, did not I like have it. never heard of anyone that did salvia that had a good time. Everyone says that it's like the worst, <laughs> like 15 seconds of their life. Yeah, it just felt annoying and like it hurt. Like it had a weird sensation when it creeps in, at least for me. And I didn't like it. It felt painful. I doubt it really was, but it just felt like painful and not enjoyable at all. 
So mm. I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, I don't know anyone that actually does recommend it. <laughs> yeah. I'm really happy I didn't come across anything crazy like heroin or meth uh, yeah. or crack. But I mean, I did know people that did that, but I, yeah, I knew a person who did meth. But I'm like happy that that was never really in my vicinity. So I'm I'm grateful for college providing that atmosphere. But honestly, like I wasn't I wasn't super comfortable with myself in college. Like I'm actually more comfortable with myself now experimenting with drugs. Yeah. And I wouldn't do it often, but I think I would be down to do it like <laughs> we all go randomly to like countdown or some shit <laughs> and like do <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I mean no, I want to do it in the desert. Ew, no. Not, not Molly, but too I much do dehydration. Shrooms. Fuck that. Wait. I want to do shrooms in general. Though. Well, we said we were going to meet in Mazatlan for the next uh, eclipse and do shrooms yeah. on the beach. So Okay, so are we saving that? That's in like time? seven years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> six now, right? Oh, yeah, I guess six. It's 2018. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yes, that's going to happen. Tune into Puchikabos episode <laughs> 420. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, no, inspiration. We should. We're going to do that. But what was like one of the craziest? Can you tell me like one of your crazy oh, stories? Oh, yeah, yeah, my crazy stories? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so um, I have one from first year. It was like the first official party that I went to, which is kind of sad because it was like spring quarter. It was like the end of the year party. But mm-hmm. it was like. Like, I did have, like, drunk nights in our suite, but it wasn't, like, a party, per se. So, this one, it was just, like, first time drinking jungle juice, first time, like, you know, actually being in the the party space. And it was hosted by, like, folks who were, like, graduating. So, they were all, like, 21 or older. (laughs) Pros. So, they had, like, yeah, so they had, like, hella liquor and shit. And um, I made out with my friend, and it was cute. (laughs) <laughs> she was like you're a really good kisser and i was like thank you and almost got into a foursome oh my god mine is okay my story is gonna be kind of similar <laughs> yeah but it it didn't happen which is good i mean maybe it's good i don't know but <laughs> it it didn't happen and yeah like the party got raided like three times but all three times i didn't get caught so and then I made out with my my best friend Jose in like the middle of campus, like in the middle, in the middle of one of those streets where like cars drive. We just made out in the middle of it, and yeah, it was like messy as fuck. And I fell when I got back to my. Oh house. my god! Like not even like oh anywhere god. else. Like, I've fallen in the mid- so many like, times. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that was one of the times. The another time during sec no during first year also I believe. Um, I hooked up with a guy because there, there was like a LGBT dance every quarter mm-hmm. for my first two years. Mm-hmm. And so he we met at one of those dances and it was cute or whatever. And we were both like turned. And we actually hooked up in a like surrounding forest of UCSD. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was like bark on the ground and like branches on the ground and shit. And we fucked. And it was cool. It was, like, not great because we were both turned. But it was cool. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it was chill. That was, like, one of my host stories. Those are both from first year, though. From fourth year, I had, like, I don't know. I just remember drinking, like, a third of a bottle of Cuervo on my own during the pregame. What the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) I was a pregame, Sam. (laughs) I was sad. This is, like, 
I don't even remember. I think it was like post election. Mm. So it was yeah. So I was just sad, and I was just like, well, no one can see because we we used to drink in like tasas, like mugs. Oh yeah, like, same. When, yeah, <laughs> so because we, like, we weren't gonna buy fucking shots. <laughs> yeah. So we like pour shots, and then we, or we'd make little mixed drinks. So no one would see how much liquor you'd pour in there unless they were like measuring the bottle or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like I drank quite a bit, and then went to the party, and yeah, I think one of my friends didn't have a good time at the party because he used me being drunk to be like, yeah, we're all leaving like right now. <laughs> So, yeah. And then I just got home and knocked the fuck out. Um, what about you? Yeah, I kind of agree. I definitely think my... So, I'm not going to include my year abroad in Korea. Just because... Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a college experience. But honestly, all the things that I had... All of my, like, wild experiences were not attached to the university. <laughs> they were attached to, like, <laughs> me being out in clubs and, like, all this kind of things. But for college and, like, college parties and college friends... Mm, one that like sticks out to me was this party at Biko, which is like my old queer co-op POC house. Stomping grounds. My old stomping grounds. <laughs> and I wasn't living there yet, so it was a QSU party. And QSU mm. parties are almost always underwear parties. <laughs> and oh my god, like I'm trying to <laughs> this party is like so much. I remember just getting really lit and peeing behind a garage and i was with my friend pedro so this is my second year he got so fucking drunk i had a lot of fun i like maybe smooched a person or two and he just got so fucking wasted that he was throwing up everywhere and we were behind the garage because that's like where people would just like go pee if they didn't want to wait in line (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ratchet <laughs> i know yo in santa barbara like everyone just like pop squats like we're sloppy like we don't give a fuck like it, there's a dumpster go pee behind it oh cool uh oh, that's so bad but that is incredibly messy <laughs> i know but it that's the that's the lifestyle who and so my friend pedro was like throwing up behind the fucking garage and because there's like dirt and stuff it's not just like pavement and then people were peeing and then there's this dude that like tried to make out with me earlier in the party this like tall first year who was like in his underwear like he was like pretty like the hot stuff of the party or some shit because he was like this tall like ripped like first year or some shit but yeah my friend who was like (laughs) so they this dude was like low-key after me in the party Uh. and then he like I was taking care of my friend. He was like talking to me, and he was like peeing next to me as oh, I was. Uh. I was taking care of my friend who was like throwing up, and then Fletcher comes out of nowhere, and then basically like we were in this like weird situation where we were like talking, and then out of nowhere like we were like making out, <laughs> and then this dude, the the tall freshman, like fucking flashes his like dick at us, and then this dude is like, oh, I'm straight, I'm straight, I'm straight. And to my friend Fletcher, who's like, oh, I keep saying his name. To my friend, who is like obviously <laughs> queer, and I don't know, they like start making out, and then he like gives him head while my friend is still uh-huh. throwing up. So I'm uh-huh. like, I'm like Pedro, we need to go, we need to go, Pedro. Like, let's go, Pedro. <laughs> I'm not trying to be here for this. And then no. the the dude the whole time was like, 
I'm straight, dude. Like, I mean, it feels good, but like, nah, I'm not gonna finish. Like, I'm straight, you know, I'm not gonna. No, and I'm like, what is going <laughs> this on? This is a lot. I, I know. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? What is happening? Pedro, I need to go home. Like, I'm not, I don't wanna see this, this, this situation unfold. And then eventually, uh, I ended up helping my friend get home. <laughs> Oh my god! But but I was like, what did what did I just experience? And to this day, or like even to our fourth year, I would like call my friend out, and that person, that freshman who was like super closeted, ended up being like a lot more queer than uh, they were mm-hmm. saying they weren't. So mm-hmm. it was fun. It was it was that <laughs> was like I think that was just, that's the one that I'm gonna say just because that just goes to show like what the kind of shit I would yeah. get myself into. Jesus Christ. I almost got myself into a threesome at a frat and <laughs> I like stole someone's man at a party. <laughs> Yo, I, I was like lit. Like I was like this crazy ass first and second year. But it but but basically by my third and fourth year though, I was like, nah, I'm done. Like I can't be doing this bullshit anymore. Like it was a yeah. lot easier. I think the like, parties get a lot better because like you know your friends and like they just end up becoming less sloppy usually just because y'all yeah. know each other and there's like less danger. <laughs> Sandra. Yeah. Did, did UCSB have like a, a DEI requirement? Like a diversity, equity, and inclusion? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know if they did. But there was a lot of false, like, diversity, in my opinion. Or I guess the quote, like, quote, diversity that was at UCSB. And UCSB is a HSI, which is a Hispanic Serving Institute, which means more than 25% of the university is, like, Latinx. But you don't really feel that when you go there. And I don't know, UCSB, I can only speak for this, like that campus, definitely was not there for POC spaces. It wasn't there for a lot of POC students. It was a very white aspiring atmosphere. Like a lot of it was super, there was a uniform at UCSB, like white surfer dude, white surfer girl, white beach goer. And everyone wore their little fucking rainbow flip-flops with their fucking Patagonia sweater when it was chilly. <laughs> Isu's fucking, like, beach shorts took fucking class. I saw some fucking barefoot-ass white gross people going to class all the time. People with their little fucking longboards. Isu no se que es. And UCSB is, like, a super flat campus, so a lot of people would, like, skate uh. and bike to class. And... It was just, like, hard for people that didn't give a fuck. When I wanted to wear cute clothes, like, it was hard. People would look at me all weird. Why are you so... People would ask me, like, where are you going? Why are you so dressed up? I'm like, fool, I'm just trying to look good. Like, I ain't trying to wear that fucking nasty-ass <laughs> chancla you wear every fucking day. People yeah. in their bitch-ass Birkenstocks and... <laughs> I just wanted to, like, not... I mean, I like beach style when I'm going to the fucking beach. Like, y'all look like you don't put in any fucking effort. That's so it, it just feels really white and Santa Barbara is like a 50% Latinx like city but like you don't even understand where the Latinx people are at because they're so highly segregated and the spaces that are like public spaces they only invite white folks and that's kind of how it felt at Santa Barbara like I knew that there was a large amount of POC people but it honestly felt like I couldn't fucking find them like I mean I would see them on campus walking it just didn't feel like a hispanic serving institute 
or this or that because everyone ended up subscribing to this like white uniform mm. same similar look and atmosphere and it feels very strong on you and there are multiple cases where the university neglected POC students like El Centro that historical building one of the oldest buildings on campus had a literal sinkhole in the building for years and was ignoring students and organizers that are inhabiting that building until it was unusable and students fighting with the university to be like we fucking have proof that we sent multiple work requests and y'all ignored it so even other pocs aren't supportive of pocs it's hard and i just think the university nomas get us a sticker that like oh we're hispanic serving or oh we're like the most diverse you see in the system or blah 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 like nah they don't give a fuck and that's like my thing about colleges they just want to fill their fucking quotas but are they actually there to support black students and like uh non-black pocs no especially black students dude fuck that i think one of the requests from bsu is like hiring more black professors that aren't in the black studies department and having more Mm -hmm. than one black counselor and caps for the mental health service Mm -hmm. and it's like okay we went up to like what seven percent black students like what the fuck does that does that mean anything it doesn't yeah. make our school better and they celebrate because they jumped their percentage so That's so whack it is like, how so about i had it like yeah i had a very similar situation at ucsd so ucsd has a, a bit of a history of being like a really fucked up campus so in 2010 there was the compton cookout which was a party hosted by, I believe, Pike, one of the frats. And mm-hmm. they threw a, like a black themed party. And Ooh. so you'd have to, yeah, you'd have to dress like in gang attire or like as a black person. And so obviously black students were outraged and they like hella protested at the university. And so it was the creation of different like or student resource centers. So, like, the, the Black Resource Center, the Raza Resource Centro, and, like, our, the interesting part is that even though they were created, they were all situated around campus, so there was no, like, location where they were all, you know, around. And so that's one of my biggest things about UCSD, that since it was a school built in the 60s, it was built after, like, the Berkeley riots. They built it in a way that rioting and protesting on campus is virtually impossible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All six colleges are like located around the center, the university center. So there and there is no like one place for all students to convene. You know, there is no like fucking quad huge. Yeah. Quad or plaza or whatever or field for that matter for people to really like demonstrate at. The field is located on like the edge of campus. So it's not even a place where you can really like fuck shit up, you know. Mm-hmm. or like be noticed and so um the the student centers were set up around school also and none of them were really like located in the center of campus so it made it very difficult for students of color to actually like organize effectively and so when when i asked you about the a dei requirement ucsd was forced to create one after the compton cookout so a dei requirement is one ge that can be taken pass no pass on race oh yeah oh we have that okay we have like yeah we have like a it's like a we have ethnicity requirement and then i think us 
uh, a social studies. I don't remember the exact one, but it's like you have to take a class on and most of these classes are fulfilled like almost exclusively by like black studies or Chicanx studies or things like that. And then we have the ethnicity requirement class, which you can which you can do with like similar things. Yeah. Yeah. So like for us, a lot of the time it was ethnic studies. Yeah, it was just interesting to see folks actually take those classes because, like, I don't know what the university tries to do. You know, you take one of these classes and all of a sudden you're, like, a role model citizen. Yeah, it is woke. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you're not. <laughs> you took one class for 10 weeks that you probably took pass, no pass. An hour, three times a week, you know, that leaves you 23 other hours in the fucking day to be a racist piece of shit. You know, not the cambia. It doesn't change. And so mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know what the idea is around it that, you know, maybe, I think maybe like learning about history is supposed to like change folks' minds. But when people are taking this because it's a fucking requirement, you know, there there is no genuine enthusiasm for it. And it's not really going to change things. Maybe it does. But for a lot of folks, it's just like, I'm just here because I have to do this to fucking graduate. Not because Same. I genuinely give a fuck. Same. And so it's frustrating. You know, I all of my friends were like black and brown students. And so we mm-hmm. all like had a better understanding of like the ways that the university was like set up to keep students, mostly students of color, from organizing. And so I think our form of like resistance to that was just trying to build community for each other and trying to like actually be there for each other more than the way the university was doing it for us and so yeah UCSD was like trying to talk about oh yeah we're diverse as fuck because like 45% of the population are Asian students (laughs) but because of that like (laughs) yeah I'm like okay cool like 4 out of every 10 students is Asian you know like what about how many in 10 students are black you know like less Mm -hmm. than 1 so and or indigenous you know like how many of them are indigenous like oh yeah also Mm-hmm. So it's just, what does diversity mean? You know, is it because you have like folks who are Asian there or folks who are Latino there that you're automatically a diverse school? Like, I don't think so. I think you have to be accommodating folks who these institutions weren't made for. You know, granted, it wasn't made for anyone but the white supremacists. But like, yeah. that doesn't mean that just because, I don't know, I think like, they think they're doing such a great job, but they're not. And Yeah, I just I think know, they want think their it, sticker. Yeah, and I don't know. I think it encourages me to, like, push other students of color to, like, further their education and try to get involved in, like, being a professor, being, like, involved on campus just because it'll actually, like, pay off for other students of color. Seeing yourself represented as the professor will maybe encourage someone else to be a professor, be that yeah. counselor in CAPS. It needs to be more diverse in the sense of, like, just hiring practices to begin with if you have a diverse faculty you know you're probably going to push students more than if you just have the same mayonnaise phases yeah and just like retention too like i knew so many people i knew so many latinx people that dropped out like after the first year or within the first year because they felt like it was an environment that they just couldn't handle like not even just like academically just they just were not comfortable there like this the college environment did not fit them like they just or at least the ucsb college environment didn't fit them and they just like didn't feel like they had friends or like spaces that they were comfortable in it's like it's just a bunch of fucking weritos and shit 
Yeah. Like, they didn't like it. And I'm sure it's probably even worse for black students. It's just infuriating TBH when, like, I think both of us had, like, black friends who were going through the institution and just feeling... Like, they're fucking fighting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just irritates the fuck out of me. We should, uh, we should bring it up on a lighter note. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Sam, can you los puedes um, dar un bendición? Yes, I can. All right. So my last couple of self-care belts <laughs> have been essentially like rooted around the idea of building community and fostering genuine interest and just you know trying to build that more this one's gonna be another hard one for y'all so i don't i'm not really gonna bring it up on a higher lighter note sanja i'm sorry <laughs> well, but, okay. yeah this is a call out that self-care is often based in consumerism so self-care is you know people associated with your face mask your spa days like we did one of those but um just like little cute things to make your physical self feel better which is totally valid but it's also not accessible for folks who don't have disposable income to be spending on face masks or spa days or massages or whatever so this is self-care as a form of getting your fucking shit together for you so self-care means looking at your bank account <laughs> more and more often if you're like a struggling college student because i don't know personally for me like i would not look at my bank account some days because it'd just be like yeah i know i'm not supposed to be spending money right now but i must still buy weed because it helps and so mm-hmm. i think <laughs> like that was my idea of self-care it was like getting high and it's a temporary solution where what I should have been is like looking at my bank account and like actually accessing my finances and assessing them to the point where I was able to construct something better for me and creating the plan for myself and actually sticking to that plan and, you know, growing as a person and like parenting myself, you know, not necessarily just like going through the motions of it all and just like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling like shit right now. So I'm gonna go get drunk because it'll, it'll make me feel better. It might. It might help you forget about your problems for a bit, but have you solved those problems or are you just going to go back to them the next morning, but with a hangover, you know, like, I think what I'm really trying to get at right now is creating a form for you to actually solve your problems and address them in a healthy manner earlier on so that you're not consuming yourself and becoming like overwhelmed with all the different problems coming at you because if you're a college student listening to this, you got a lot of shit going on in your mind. If you're an adult listening to this, you got a lot of shit too. So these are just ways for you to feel better about yourself and like figure your own shit out without feeling overwhelmed because it gets to be too too much sometimes. And I think it it's easy to fall back into those same patterns, but sometimes it takes a moment where you got to actually be hard on yourself and be like, no, nah, you got to get your shit together because it's been three months where you're living paycheck to paycheck like maybe you should like i don't know figure it out and stop spending money on this and this and this or like stop spending time with so and so and so and so or just you know figuring out things that are going to help you for the better and that's what i really want to encourage y'all to do and i really hope y'all can do this because it's a hard thing but we all gotta do it at some point and the sooner you start the better it'll work for you so yeah, that's my bendición. 
Yeah. Thank you, Sam. That was really good. Yeah. Thank you. That was, that was Google search. <laughs> <laughs> this was a <laughs> this is a really uh, this is gonna be a really long episode, and mm. just because we have so much to say, like this was such a eventful part of our life, you know. Yeah. It really it really changed me completely. Same. College, like I don't I don't know who I would be if I didn't go to college. Like I really don't know what I would be doing or like yeah. just you. I would be a completely different person, and that doesn't mean that me not going to college would make me a worse person. But I yeah. know that it would just make me be on a completely different trajectory. Definitely, I feel like it it helped form a lot of who I am right now. And just the interactions I was able to have with people. not Maybe not all directly due to academics. It was just me being a different person in a different city than Same. who I was in yeah. L.A. It made me really appreciate L.A. And it made yeah. me really appreciate my hometown. And I mean, I never disliked L.A. or my hometown. Mm-hmm. But I like, needed a break. <laughs> yeah, I needed a break too. I needed to leave home. I needed to leave my fam. But yeah. now I'm especially like I need to go back. I want to be involved in my home community. I want to be involved in Southeast LA. Like I want to be doing this. So I'm yes. really excited to be able to do that. Hopefully in the next year, and yes. be close to my family, man. I I miss my family. Like I hated going home sometimes just because I'm like, oh, mom, get out of my space. But <laughs> I also now I like crave it man like I crave my mom and like my dad and like my brother just like being in my space yeah because I miss them this is a really good one I hope people make it to the end <laughs> I know <laughs> hopefully it's gonna be a long one it's gonna be a long one but I mean college tea there's it's a big cup to spill you know <laughs> yep so yeah hope y'all enjoyed it tune in next week when we talk about sucking toes Shut up. <laughs> shut up. In 2018, up. we're all sucking toes. <laughs> no, we are not. Oh my god. We're all sucking Tune in nasty next week. ass barefoot Santa Barbara toes. Ew. Sure. Fuck <laughs> that. Yo, I fucking hate white people and their nasty barefoot ass shit. Fuck that wasn't that. as common in San Diego, but there were a couple. No, dude, that shit was fucking everywhere. I don't know que se creen. Like, if a, if a POC did that shit, they would be considered homeless. But if a fucking white person did this shit, they're considered, like, hippies and, like, one yeah. with the earth and shit. Fuck Yeah. Them. Nah. So, yeah, fuck white people. Bye. Bye. <laughs>